I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How are you, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So... The NBA season has started. They are off and running, Gary. Another 80 games and we'll have a playoffs. <laughs> so the season has started. I'm excited by it, Gary. I'm not, I, uh, you know, obviously uh, I enjoy watching the games, even though these games you can say are kind of meaningless considering they play so many, but they're still fun to look at. And obviously, we got other seasons going on. We have the baseball season wrapping up, the World Series. And you got the um, NFL, obviously, uh, in earnest right now. And probably about midseason for them, those guys. But um, it's NBA time. So what do you want to talk about, Gary? Yeah, um, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, this is probably the best time of year for sports fans because the World Series is going on, as you mentioned. We are at the halfway point in the NFL season. And, you know, even though we don't – Pay close attention to this sport, but hockey started a few weeks ago as well. So <laughs> it's a very it's a very great time as a sports fan. But uh, you know, it was also great to see a certain team play their first few games and mm-hmm. see some teams like the Phoenix Suns not play other guys. So we don't know what the Phoenix yeah. Suns look like. But yeah. we'll touch, you know, we'll talk about that um, at a later time. But first off, I think you um, you, know, you mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. We were doing our. Uh, "Quote unquote corrections of the M- of ESPN's top 100 list. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. still think which was terrible. Mm-hmm. But Damian Lillard uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, finally played his first game with Giannis. <laughs> and uh, what I was able to see off that. Well, first off, let me backtrack. The Sixers are a mess without James Harden and whatever's going on in the James Harden uh, you know dilemma. Uh, you know, I think we both agree at one point he, you know, he'll have to be traded or you know, the Sixers are just going to tell him to stay home because he's not going to help the Sixers at all. But that's not the Milwaukee Bucks problem. Uh, Damian Lillard looked great. Uh, he looked like he definitely, you know, is a major um, upgrade from uh, Drew Holiday. At this point, their defense didn't really take any much of a hit. Now, again, they're playing uh, the Sixers who don't have amazing guard play, but it didn't take too much of a hit at all. Giannis looked great against Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks look like a team that can definitely end up at the bare minimum in the Eastern Conference Finals um, uh, this year. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was really good to see Dame Lillard and Giannis play. Also, it was really good to see how the pick and roll is going to work because uh, for the first time probably in Dame's entire career, he can now pick and roll with not just – Giannis, but he can pick and roll with Brooke Lopez as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from the perimeter, which is definitely going to help the Milwaukee Bucks out a lot. And, you know, as of now, their coach has not gotten in the way yet. They have a new coach. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all in all, I like how the Milwaukee Bucks looked um, from the Sixers' standpoint, because, you know, we'll touch on, um, you know, a few of the teams today, at least the teams that kind of made the biggest uh, impact uh, to us. Uh, the Sixers, Joel Embiid looked great. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I make a comment, comment about, yeah, sure. about the Bucks? Sure. Yeah, so uh, just on the Bucks real quickly here. 
you know, it's uh, you know, you're just getting started, so it's, you know, no need to panic or get too excited. But the bottom line of it is, uh, you know, they got off to a uh, to a good start. I mean, the Bucks are, uh, you know, they've played. <laughs> okay, I think they they've only played one game. But the bottom line of it is, you know, they have shown in that one game that that dynamic duel. I'm gonna call them Batman and Robin. Yeah, I know, folks. Not that original. Um, but, you know, Dame got 39, and the Greek Freak got 23. So, so together they combined for 62 points. No other duel, no other duel in the NBA produced those kinds of points. Even though, you know, it's only one game. It's only one game. Uh, Dostic got off to – I'm just going to hit hit upon these real quickly, Gary. We go back to the individual teams. But getting back to the duels, because, you know, we talked about this with ESPN's rankings. Uh, you know, Dasik and, and Irving got off to a good start, per se. Uh, a good start for, for Luca. He had 41, 11. He's averaging just two-game sample. We're not talking about a whole lot of games. But 41 points a game, 11.5 assists, 8.5 rebounds. And and Irving got is averaging like 19.5. So that's a, also a 60-point a 60 point um, duel, which is obviously very good. But but what I want to point out, Gary, that that I that really kind of uh, said to me, and I know I, I've said that I think the Bucks could take it all. But you know, I I, I looked at the two game two games, very small sample. I understand, but you look at the Celtics and their two game sample. You had Tatum averaging twenty eight points a game. Przenskis, who always was the wild card. Um, played 34 minutes and got as averaging 23.5 points a game, but guess what? It gets it gets better. Derek Williams is averaging 20 points a game. Oh, Derek White, yes. And then the the the, the multi you know the, the highest paid basketball player I believe he is Jalen Brown is averaging 19 points a game. Now, I always said Drew Holiday. I don't know what they got him. They got him. Okay, fine. It's okay, Mr. Average. You know, he, he does average double figures. That's about it. But the bottom line of it is, when you look at the, those four, you know, that's a hell of a lot of points. <laughs> now, that that's good and bad because then you it's a major drop-off for the Celtics because uh, Alf, um, Horford played 25 minutes and got four points. Uh, Pritchard played 12 minutes and got three points a game. You know, so they do have a have a depth problem <laughs> because the rest of the guys on the team, I, I've never even heard of them before. Not that I'm supposed to hear, know of all the players. But when you look at those four players, can they be an okay, I'll throw an holiday. If you can you can they be consistent at that level of uh, performance? You know, if, if they are, if they couldn't do if they can do that, that's that's also uh you know that would be extremely imp- impressive. But uh I just had to make note of that, Gary, because I thought that was Somewhat surprising for me. I, I, I like that start. You know, I also like from a from a points perspective. Uh, I like the balance that's coming out of coming out of the Pelicans. And right now, the Pelicans. And I'm not saying that just because the UConn guy stuck. Obviously, he was a number one draft pick, Jordan Hawkins. He's averaging six points a game. Got about 14 minutes in, the, in each game. But you see Zion only playing 30 minutes, which is which is another topic we want to talk about, Gary, because they want to limit people's games and all that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the All-Star Game new format that's coming up, which I think is also a plus for the NBA. But Zion is averaging 23.5 points a game. Ingram, 22.5. Um, C.J. McCollum, 18 points a game. Uh, and Herbert Jones, about 11 and a half. So I, I like the, the fact that they're, 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 they've gotten off to, a, once again, small sample, gotten off to a good start. And I, I think that with Zion, hopefully he can play. 
a good number of games this year. Hope can make it, you know, and stay healthy. He shot 62% from the field. Uh, and and this, so, so far, he's shooting 65, 62% from the field. And obviously, Ingram's a great shooter. He's shooting about 52% from the field. Um, so if, if they can continue their their uh, march, I think that'll be that'll be pretty pretty decent to see. And then the la- the last one I want to talk about as far as once again we're talking about that dual type thing that ESPN talked about. Golden State, though they're small, and you're going to talk about that a little later, Gary. You know, Steph is averaging just two game sample, 34 points a game. Um, Clay is getting 16.5 points a game. I'm mentioning them because they have a they probably have the most players. Averaging double figures on that team. Chris Paul's leading the team in assists, getting 10 and a half assists a game. Um, Kaminga's getting 12 points a game. Wiggins is getting 10 and a half points a game. Um, Moody's getting 10 and a half points a game. And Looney, Looney is getting 7.5, and Sarek is doing fine. And Peyton's going to be a solid player for them. So, uh, though they're not that big, uh, you have to admire the balance. Looney is getting about 11 and a half assist, uh, rebounds a game. So, I just want to make note of that, Gary, because I think the when you look at the duels, as we said last week, or recently, I should say, um, the Bucks have the, I, you know, I think it's going to be proven. They have the best Batman and Robin in basketball. Now, one can also say, hold up. You got the 76ers. Maxi is averaging 20, 32 points, 32.5 points a game. Embiid is averaging 29 points a game. And the guy who I'm, I really love that, that they picked up the Sixers, Umbre is averaging 22.5 points a game. And Harris is always in that 16, 17 point range and is averaging about 17.5 points a game. The Sixers, I think, is off, have also gotten off to a, a, a decent start. And I, I love the balance scoring. And I agree with you, Gary. Either Harden needs to go to the bathroom or get off the can. Either or. And, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, sitting his butt down for and not playing him at all and saying, hey, go search for another team after in the year 2024, 2025 season, because we we have no use for you. I think that's ridiculous. These players making a zillion dollars a year and and acting like prima donnas. So a little little discipline, a little respect for the people who are paying their salaries, which who would be the fans who go to the games, but also the fans who look at it on TV. That's where the big money is, and that's who's paying their salaries. And for them not to show up when you turn the TV, I'm expecting them there. It's really sad. It's really sad. You don't really see that in other sports. You don't turn on the TV and say, oh, I guess, I guess, uh, let's see, uh, Burrow's not going to play today. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> you don't see that in, in the other sports. You just don't see that. They don't need to get that rest day, you know? So I, I, I I can continue to talk about that rest day thing, but Gary, I'll stop there. See if you'll make any more comments about some of the individual teams that you are impressed by or looking forward to see how they're going to do this year. Well, yeah. um, You know, you said a lot there. Uh, uh, First thing, you know, first is I don't want you to, 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 uh, you know, kind of minimize Drew Holiday's importance to the Boston Celtics. I've always said that he is, Really, Andre Iguodala, you know, um, a guy that if he was your main scorer would get you 18 to 20 points a game, you lose a lot of games. <laughs> uh, or he'll be a guy that could be your number two option, and you could be a good team. But he's really, you know, he's really good as a number three or four option on your team. That's what he is for the Boston Celtics. And the one thing, you know, that he'll be able to do for the Celtics, we haven't seen it yet, is – 
you know, he'll be able to, you know, get the ball to Tatum and Brown in spots where they need to. He, you know, he can be an old-fashioned uh, point guard, which will help Tatum and Brown out a lot on the court. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, dump on uh, on Drew Holiday. I think it'll be very interesting when the Bucks play the uh, Celtics to see how Drew Holiday guards Damian Lillard. It makes it a tough night for him, which I believe he will. Uh, you know, he will do. He's but, a defensive player again. No, no question about it. Right, and that's where his value is. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have. You know, they basically the Celtics replaced Marcus Smart with Drew Holiday, and you know, you can't be you know too upset by that. Um, but yeah, also, uh, you know, this team is terrible. But we're going to talk about this for a second because Zach Levine is the first player in the NBA to score fifty points this season. Oh wow. Uh, Okay. Did that against the Detroit Pistons, and of course, a loss because the Chicago Bulls are terrible. Uh, but you know, I think you know that's something that we need to uh, talk about just briefly because you know we, we saw it last year how high the scoring was last season. Yeah, with yeah. about seven or eight guys having thirty points a game, and already we already have a one guy scoring fifty. Yeah, um, you know, it's hopefully you know that does not continue you know obviously you know you know we want to see great you know scoring performances but we don't want to really see it every other night but uh i also have to push back on on your uh, best duo batman and robin i mean i think the denver nuggets would say they have the best duo in the league and i think you know they may not be the best on talent but they play the best off of each other jamal murray nikola Jokic. Play, ex- play extraordinary off of each other to the point where, um, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of like a team that's played with each with each other so long that they understand exactly where they're going to be, and that's the real scary part about the Denver Nuggets. Now, also the you know the Nuggets have played great basketball. Obviously, they started the season off being the Lakers, and the, you know I'm not going to really talk about the Lakers too much because the media does it for us every single day every hour of every day, but the Denver Nuggets, you know, just played with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, you know, uh, uh, Nikola Jokic was just destroying on the Lakers because the Lakers are not a good defensive team. And the guy they, you know, they keep telling us is the best player on the team is not the best player on the team. He's the most consistent player on the team. He's not the best player on the team and he gets exposed defensively. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to name who that is because it's a waste of time, but the Denver Nuggets clearly like look like the best team right now. I think in the NBA. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, let me interrupt you for one second because I agree with you. I agree. I, the Nuggets, to me, uh, I forgot to mention that they they are, they have been the most impressive team in this. Uh, obviously, the season just started. You have uh, the Joker doing what the Joker does. You know, after twenty five points, twenty five point five points a game, twelve point five rebounds a game almost 10 assists nine assists a game but you, you and you, you know, murray's having you know getting 21.5 he does what he usually does but then you go deeper than that you got you got Caldwell pope averaging 14 points a game you got aaron jordan gordon scoring 12.5 points a game you got reggie jackson the point guard position is getting 12 points a game you got michael porter getting 10 and a half points a game. i mean so when you when you look at the, the depths of the team and, and obviously they're the defending world champs i mean they are just the beat is just going on you know the beat continues and they they look very balanced 
no one's playing a whole lot of minutes. No, I shouldn't say that. 35 minutes for the Joker, 34, 35. You know, so, but they, they have the depth, depth to really, uh, like they did last year, you know, play a solid season worth of basketball and still be ready for the playoffs. So I, I think they are the, they're their team to fear in the West. Uh, but, um, you know, when you look at, you know, Dame and, and the Greek freak, I think those two guys, and what I also like about them both, Gary, you may disagree with me to a certain degree, but they don't need that day off. You know, oh, I don't want to play tomorrow. You know, Dame plays, and Dame will play you 40 minutes. And the Greek freak plays. I mean, he gets injured from time to time, and he plays. So these these whiners, uh, talking about the, the 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 old crowd, a bunch of whiners, they're 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 absolutely ridiculous because this was not the case when when Elgin Baylor played. This was not the case when Walt Fraser played. This was not the case when Bill Bradley played. This was not the case when Magic Johnson played. This was not the place when Bill Russell played. Okay, it's, this is absolutely ridiculous how we have to cater to these these prima donnas, and all they it's ridiculous. They want the big money, but they don't want to. They don't want to get up, get their butt on the court and play basketball. All you have to do. I'm going to inject this one point here, Gary. All you have to do, you have so many players, so many players from around the country in college and in high school that would love to play in the NBA. Why do you have a 12-man roster with 12 guys sitting on a bench? I know it's 15, but 12 men sitting on a bench. Why? Put 15 on the bench and play more of your reserves, but make it so that every one of your star players Get their butt on the court every game. They don't have to play 35 minutes a game when they're 38 years old or 28 years old or 32 years old. No one's asking them to play 38 minutes a game. No one's asking them to be Will Chamberlain and play all those minutes. No one's asking them to do that. We just want to see them on the court and play hard. That's all. Because we paid our money. We turned on the team. That's why. That's all we want. Extend the number of players. You'll make the world a lot happier. You make every college player my Extend it to 15 players a game. Pay them a new minimum or whatever. You got the money. You get a zillion dollars NBA. And allow for more players to be in the league and tell the coaches to tell, tell their players, hey, you may say let's play 28 minutes, 25 minutes, 27 minutes. Do what you can. Play as hard as you can for the minutes you're on the court. We're going to play more players because we have more players. And guess what? We're going to make the fans very happy. And we're going to make – the cable stations very happy, TNT and the ESPN, et cetera, very happy. And guess what? That's what that's what it's about. It's about you're not playing. This is not rec league. This is not the boys club. This is you're not playing for yourselves. You're playing for the fans who are watching you on TV or in or in attendance at the games. And so, uh, I like what I see in the in the Denver Nuggets because they don't they don't press their their, their players to play. A, you know, every minute of the game, they have more of an extended bench. I I applaud those teams that have five, six, seven, eight players averaging double figures. That's basketball. That's basketball. You don't need two players. I know I just talked about Dame and the Greek Freak getting you know to combine sixty-two points a game. They're relatively speaking. I know Dame is not a you know, not a spring chicken, but the bottom line of it is they also I should they should be rethinking some things and try to try to broaden their team. But as far as uh, depth, and they, you know, they, 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 it's early when they play two games. So, so the bottom line of it is, Gary, I, I, I think that this whole nonsense of players 
uh, playing sick or, or sitting on the bench in street clothes while people play. I mean, we saw it live. We saw it. We saw it when we went to basketball games when Michael Jordan was playing for the Wizards. We saw these people sit on their, go in the games, go to the games and sit on the bench in street clothes. We That's saw play their, their subs and the betting the starters that we paid to see. Or laughing and sitting on the bench, you know, having having a good old time. That's not that's not, that's not true. That's not the Jordan era. That was that was uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal when they were playing oh, yeah, the Grizzlies. That, and that game was on TNT, and that, Zach Randolph, Marcus All, Mike Conley did not play. I bet. Uh, yeah. But but uh, you know, I agree with you, and you know, and that will lead to another uh, topic. But you know, the main thing is Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. They, you know, they don't miss games. And Giannis does no, normally plays about 30 to 32 minutes a game. So Giannis normally doesn't play uh, 35 plus minutes, um, you know, per game. Uh, yeah, but that does lead to the Phoenix Suns, um, where the Phoenix Suns have Bradley Beal has not played yet. Devin Booker scores 32 points and sits out the next two games. Um, you know, it was great to see Kevin Durant be old Kevin Durant like he was against the Lakers, scoring 39 points and 11 rebounds and passing. Uh, Makeem Olajuwon for 12th all-time on the scoring list. I'm mentioning all that because uh, ESPN and all of Fox Sports 1 shows never mentioned that Kevin Durant did any of those things um, because it's all about the Lakers. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Kevin Durant, um, to me, still gets, you know, totally disrespected to me by a lot of media members and a lot of fans because I think they only look at the fact that a way did in Golden State, but he was the only guy on the court that I've seen starting off that was double and triple team throughout the entire games in the last, you know, in the last two games. You know, Joel Embiid was double teamed a little bit by the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's just very, very, you know, impressive for me to see someone be double and triple team and still put up 30 plus points. Mm-hmm. It's something that you just don't see uh, in the NBA. And it's ridiculous that teams are doing that, uh, you know, teams that do that or, or play heavy zones or, you know, or do those type of things, I automatically, you know, as a fan, don't cheer for them. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't stop that guy, that's not my problem. This is, you know, this is the NBA. This is not college basketball. There's no need for boxing ones and, and heavy zones. You know, if you play some type of, you know, mismatch zone, that's fine. But, you know, there should be no zones, no double and triple teams on one individual. Uh, that's not what the fans want to see. Yeah. Now, I agree. when someone is able to beat that, it's really exciting. But no one ever talked. You know, no one talked about the fact that uh, Kevin Durant was doing that. They just said the Lakers came back in the fourth quarter and scored 28 points to the Phoenix's 11, and they missed the point that Durant scored nine of the 11. So you know, it's just you know, they you know they don't want to talk about certain things, and that's fine. Uh, but the NBA uh, is doing. Extremely, extremely well. It was a great first week. Yeah. And I don't think we can miss, uh, you know, we can't stop this show without talking about uh, Victor Womanyama and what he was able to show in his first uh, few games uh, in the NBA. Obviously, he has. Could could you hold that thought? I want you to talk about him because, but before you do that, I just want to come back to my earlier point. People should look at the Indiana Pacers who are in first place right now. Not one of their players played thirty minutes, not one. And they, That's they, because they've blown out both teams. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players who are averaging double double figures. 
from Buddy Hill to, to to Tyrese Halliburton. And so, you know, it can it can be done. You will win games. The coach has to do more coaching. You know, substitution. Being a coach, I, I've been one. Being a coach, sub, subbing players in and out. That's kind of it's difficult. You don't want to you know, burn out anybody. You, you know, you don't want to. Uh, someone's hot. You want to keep. You know all the factors that go in go into it. But less than the minutes. Have more players play, and you won't need to take days off from from the game. But uh, now, going go to about Victor Gary. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, you know, we got to be careful with the minute restrictions this early in the season. Uh, you, know, you know, Indiana blew out both teams, you know, that, that they played mm-hmm. against. So they didn't need to play a lot of their guys, you know, in those type of situations. Uh, but, yeah, you know, all in all, I do agree with you that, that minute restrictions is important and they should follow it. Um, Not game – keep it minutes in the game. Not game – I still want right. them – for 82 games as much as they can unless they're hurt or sick. No, so I'm not talking about a, a, minute, a minute restriction that affects games. What I'm talking about will affect their will affect their stats. Which they don't. That's what they. Wait a minute. Ooh, that's you, they don't want to hear that because they know they're not going to get their average if they're playing 27, 28 points a game unless you're really, really good like the Joker or or, or some of these other players who can get you their average of 20, 25 points a game while out playing 40 minutes or 38 minutes. Tatum plays 40 minutes almost every single game. Yeah, he gets his 28 points. He's playing 40 minutes every single game. But the, why, do, why, do we have to do, why do we have to do that? We have other players. You should be developing other players so that when the time comes, it's a long season. Your players can get through all the 82 games and be, and also be ready for the playoffs. But I'm going to stop with that, Gary. I want to hear about Victor. Yeah, so Victor Womanyama played two very good games uh, out there. He has a lot of, you know, he has some flaws, which is expected from a 19-year-old uh, player. But he has a great jump shot. He's very, very, very skilled, which is something that we are accustomed to, you know, from um, international play. You know, he's a great shooter, can put the ball on the floor. I'm a very good passer, and he definitely has the will to win. He definitely wants to win, which is stuff, you know, which is things you want to see from a young player. He he is, extru- you know, I think he can win defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. not this year. Uh, definitely, you know, next year or the year after that, because even if he doesn't block the shot, because he's so big, he has an eight-foot wingspan or, or very close to it, <laughs> he's able to contest shots. And make it tough for, you know, for the shooter. You know, he could contest. He could start his contest from the free throw line and go out to the, you know, to the three point line where someone's shooting thirty feet out and contest the shot. So it's just, you know, it's it's extremely impressive to see. Obviously, he has to gain weight. Teams are, you know, teams are able to bully him, and we know this NBA is, uh, like I'll just say, is softer than previous errors. But he's he's getting bullied by this era of basketball, so he has to. You know, he has to adjust to that. He needs a post game. Um, you know, there's certain things that he does need. And also, he gets winded very easily. He does not play 35-plus minutes. He can't no, he, play it at this no. point. He's, so he's, he gets mm-hmm. – yeah, go ahead. He's averaging about 27 minutes a game, Gary. But which, which I'm fine with that as a rookie, you know, getting used to the NBA pace and all that. But he's you, 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 are, you already said all the key points. He's averaging 18 points a game as a rookie. He's getting 8.5 rebounds a game, which leads the team. He's actually leading the team in steals. He's getting two and a half steals a game, and he's blocking two shots a game. 
also leading the team. So he, he's gotten off to, I mean, limited two games. Um, but he's gotten off to a really good start. And, I, and obviously he has a coach who knows how to manage big guys. <laughs> he's done a pretty good job with that. Whether you're Tim Duncan or the Admiral, I mean, you're know, better than a pretty good job. An outstanding job with that. And also managing young talent. Uh, you know, Victor's gotten off to a good start. I, I think he's a little thicker than he was back in the preseason, which which I'm I'm thankful for. But um, you know, I, I, nothing but praise for him. He, he's shooting 46% from the field. Uh, it's getting he's taking about 14 shots a game. Uh, you know, so he's doing doing what you would expect him to do. He's shooting about 78% from the free throw line. Hey, the guy's doing doing well. Good start. Yeah, and also, you know, the Spurs have to find a way uh, to get others involved and not just focus only on. Awumbanyama, uh, because they got to start to build this team out and, you know, start to figure out, you know, who can play with him and who can't play with him uh, type of guys. Um, but yeah, you know, he's playing extremely well right now, and it's something that I'm extremely excited to see. I don't want people to compare him to to other great players that had their first week games, like a LeBron or a Tim Duncan or, or, um, or a Shaq or anyone like that, because He's the first international phenom that we've had. And it's something that is completely different. Actually, he's not the first. Tony Kukoc, I guess, is the first. But, he, you know, but, but Tony Kukoc was, not, was nowhere near this level. You know, Luka was nowhere near this level of type of, of phenom. You know, people were, were saying that he was the best prospect since LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to take him some time to get used to the NBA game. And, you know, he, he does have to get in shape. That is something that he does need to do. But, you know, based off the, on the two games he played, he played extremely well in those games. And I'm extremely excited to see wh- where he goes from here. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him play, you know, when they play against, you know, the top teams, the Lakers and, and Denver and, and, uh, and Phoenix. That's when really he'll make a name for himself. Speaking of being excited, Gary, I am excited over the fact that they've gotten rid of the LeBron All-Star game. Thank God. We're returning back to the All-Star format of Jerry West, the All-Star format of Bill Russell, the All-Star format of Dave Bing, the All-Star format of Walt Frazier, the All-Star format of Elgin Baylor, the All-Star format of... John Havlicek, the All-Star, every player, every player, I'm going to stop right now, I'm going to get in the 2000s of Shaq, of every, of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it's an All-Star game, you want to see the East, play the West, 12-minute quarters, and it's a game of basketball, not a game of quarters, so, no game is a game of quarters, none, 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 hockey isn't, periods you don't have three you have three periods it's not a game of periods it's a whole game okay football not a game of quarters it's a game of four periods it's a whole game the lebron all-star game format thank you commissioner you're getting you've gotten rid of it the captains of team oh that's just the whole thing i i I tell you it was so bad it was so bad Thank you for returning us back to normal. Yeah, I think uh, the NBA 
did it because they realized that once they listened to the players and that format didn't work after the first year, that they had to, you know, make a change. And we have been talking about it for a long time, about the fact that the, that the All-Star Game needs to go back to its regular format. Personally, I would like to see it go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, where they wore their team jerseys. Okay. Because I want them to represent their teams and not just making individuals, mm-hmm. which I think the NBA has gone too far towards individuals and not teams to the point where you don't even see people root for a certain team anymore. They root for just the individual player. So, you know, I would like to see that happen. I know that won't happen. The NBA wants more money. But I think it will be great how they did that. And now they got the biggest task of all, fixing the All-Star weekend, which is a whole other issue for a whole other day. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.